tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's Monday, July 17th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, America is asking China this morning to tackle their climate change emissions, but Beijing is saying, eh, we're not so sure we want to. I'll explain why that is and the reasons we should care. Second, I've got an update for you on Cold War II. That is the fight for global influence and supremacy between China and the United States. Our update today is on two European countries who are realizing that Beijing might not be the good guy. Third, we pivot to domestic news with updates on the drought in the Midwest. The Mississippi and Ohio rivers are dropping fast, and that, folks, will affect the prices you pay at the grocery store. Fourth, Joe Biden issued some student debt forgiveness on Friday. I'll give you the details, plus the unexpected reason for why it'll impact you, even if you don't have a student loan. Later, we close out the podcast with a personal reflection based on a brief I gave you last week about illegal migrants in San Francisco who are selling drugs and killing people. Well, the local newspaper just issued a shocking editorial in response to that story. Well, they're excusing the drug dealers. I want to share with you my response to that. But first, let's get started with our top story of the morning. The White House announced that former U.S. Senator and current climate envoy John Kerry arrived yesterday in China. He's there to ask Beijing to redouble their efforts on their climate change emissions, and that is because of this. Beijing's economy produces more carbon dioxide in a year than all other industrialized countries combined. That is based on reporting from the U.K.'s BBC and the Rhodium Group. Plus, the problem, as it were, is getting worse, at least according to the Biden White House. And that's because China is firing up two new coal plants per week, every week of the year, all year long. And that, of course, is why Western countries are shutting ours down. So that is what Mr. Kerry is going to be discussing with the communists for the next three days, who, by the way, have already responded to Kerry's concerns. They've said this. First, that China installs more solar and wind capacity than all other countries in the world. And to be clear, that is true. But China probably won't want to talk about this. Last week, the South China Morning Post reported that Chinese President Xi said that while solar and wind are important, more important is that the country has reliable energy. And they're going to get that, they said, from oil and coal. And that is because China has said that they have become too reliant on energy harvested from solar and wind. It's too unpredictable. And that that has led to power shortages over the past three years. But here's what's interesting, folks. Last week, another Chinese media outlet, it's a propaganda newspaper called the Global Times, they say, actually said that while Beijing does want that oil and coal, it, it might be willing to make a deal about reducing the usage of that stuff, but... They're going to need a, a sweetener 
something in exchange. So here's what the propaganda outlet said last week. Quote, experts are pessimistic about whether John Kerry's visit will yield substantial results because if the U.S. shows no sincerity in improving ties, then asking China to cooperate on addressing climate change issues is like talking about the impossible, end quote. So based on my years of dealing with these folks, let me translate that. Beijing is saying that they will cooperate on climate issues, but only if Biden and others in the West improve ties, as they said, by doing things like, you know, dropping economic tariffs or getting our military out of the South China Sea. But I'll tell you, this all raises a very interesting observation, I think, and it now leads me away from facts and data to offering you my analysis and opinion. So let's apply some logic here. If Beijing felt that climate change were real and that it was man-made and an existential threat to China, they would work dramatically and quickly on reducing their carbon dioxide emissions, and they would join the rest of the world in doing it. No one would have to tell them to do so because obviously they would want to preserve themselves and their society. But they don't want to do that. Instead, they want to build coal plants at a record clip. So what does that mean, do we think? Well, fundamentally, I think that Beijing does not think that climate change is real. In fact, a cynic might say that they are actually increasing their carbon dioxide emissions so that the rest of the world, well, freaks out. And here's the key. We remained forever stuck with China's iron grip on the things of, that they supply to the world, like solar panels and batteries and electric vehicles. But putting that rationale aside, it's pretty darn clear that China does not view climate change as important. It's only a, a bargaining chip to get, uh, what do they say, improved ties. So I would encourage you to keep that in mind, certainly this week as you hear and see headlines of Mr. Kerry in Beijing, but also keep this in mind when you hear and see the broader debate about climate change. Because uh, China, folks, is and will remain the world's leading contributor of carbon dioxide gases. That is not going to change. In fact, President Xi made that very clear just last week. And with that, let's move on to our second brief of the morning. And for this brief, we have an update on Cold War II. That is the ongoing series that we started back in April, focused on the fight between China and the United States for global supremacy and influence. So it's a lot like the fight between the Soviet Union and America many years ago during the first Cold War. But the winner this time around, it's probably going to be the country or the coalition that has more friends on their side than the other. Well, this morning, we've got two updates out of Europe that shows, well, a little bit of progress in building our coalition with two very important European nations, right? The upshot is that they are slowly, begrudgingly coming to terms with the fact that China is a competitor and ultimately they're an enemy of humanity. So let's start first with Germany, where late last week they issued their first ever China strategy. That is a whole of government view of what China is to the German people and how to manage that relationship. In 64 pages, the German government now says that China is a competitor and a systemic rival, no longer just an, an economic partner. And that is a pretty big deal for the Germans to admit. Right? China is Germany's largest trade partner and has been for seven years, based on data presented by Reuters News Service. So though this might be progress, in other words, calling them a, a systemic rival and competitor, 
not everybody in Germany is on board, right? Germany's uh, corporate interests, uh, companies like Volkswagen, well, they have actually announced that they're going to continue to invest in China. That's because they sell more cars there than in the whole of Europe, actually. Meanwhile, the German uh, chemical giant called BASF, they have said that they plan to invest 10 billion euro by the year 2030 at a site in southern China that when it's completed will be the company's third largest factory in the world, right? This tension between the government and German industry is probably why the German foreign minister said last week, quote, we do not want to decouple from China, but reduce the risks as much as we can, end quote. Okay, well, as Berlin wrestles with that, our friends in London, they're wrestling with this same thing too. Although interestingly, over the weekend, they expressed a little bit of a different concern. They are worried about Chinese spies trying to seed agents inside Britain's main intelligence service called the MI5. So here's that story with a little bit of background from over the weekend. The United Kingdom released a 207-page report that took them four years to produce. And what they found in that report was, quote, a whole state assault by China on virtually every sector of UK society. For instance, the report warned about Beijing's control over the UK electricity grid, which seems pretty bad. They also warned about how China was using British universities and their systems to steal intellectual property and to recruit students. And then there's the concern about the spies. The report noted that on at least one occasion, Chinese intelligence services tried to seed in one of their own agents inside MI5 by having them apply for a job. Apparently, that effort did not succeed, but it shows that they are trying. Regardless, the Times of the UK shared yesterday that this report is exhaustive and it is damning, an absolute indictment of the entire British government. And that is because for years, they have, quote, failed to address the Chinese threat because economic interests took precedence, end quote. So there you have it. The Germans and the Brits starting to wake up to the threat that is communist China. With that, let me now pivot from facts and data, offering you my analysis and opinion on this. I'm going to focus on why we should care. So folks, if a war with China were to ever come, God forbid, we are going to need every nation on the planet, if we can get them, on our side. Right? And that means that these nations and their governments are going to have to be pretty far from China's cancerous reach. And that will be exceptionally difficult, as we have seen from, say, those German companies like the BASF who would prefer to remain quite friendly, actually. Or what about those British universities who are apparently feeding grounds for communist activity? But nevertheless, what these reports show us out over the weekend is that there is a slow, growing recognition that they got to do it, right? These governments have to remove that communist cancer. And that is very good news, even if it is slow at times. Although this makes me think, about us. We are supposed to be the, the leaders of this Cold War too, but frankly, we face the same challenges as Germany and the UK. We've got corporate leaders and politicians who frankly put greed and money first, those economic interests, you know, rather than do what's right. And that is face and remove communist evil from the planet. So all in all, ladies and gentlemen, I think that this says over the weekend that we got a lot of work to do in Europe and the US as well question is, are we up for that fight? I'm going to let you decide if we've still got the spine for it. And hmm, 
whether we've got the right leadership in the White House to do it. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or a service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Folks, it's Brian here proudly telling you about ArcSeedKits.com. Yeah, it's the farm that offers you heirloom seeds for both food security and good health. By now, you know that Arc Seed Kits come from a family farm based in northern Michigan. They've got their best seller, an all-in-one seed kit that gives you, my goodness, fruits, vegetables, even medicinal herbs. But they also have a smaller, more personalized offering, too. It's a seed kit with just those traditional medicines, and it's called the Build Your Own Kit. And it is super easy, very affordable, and I want to tell you how it works. First, you go to arcseedkits.com. Then you click on the Shop Now button and choose Build Your Own Kit. Then you select the option that best fits you and your budget. And boy, oh boy, do you have options. 16 different varieties of medicinal herbs to choose from with data that show that you can treat things like stomach aches and inflammation, topical pain, even sleeplessness. And here's the best part. Your build your own heirloom seeds can be grown and harvested and replanted year after year. Folks, that is medicine that you can count on. And by the way, if you've never grown medicinal herbs, do not worry. Call Arc Seed Kits when you order and ask them any questions you have from what to choose to how to grow it. The owner of Arc Seed Kits, she is going to pick up your call and step you all the way through it. Now that is customer service. So folks, do yourself a favor and buy good food and good health from ArcSeedKits.com. That's Arc like Noah's Arc, Arc Seed Kits. As always, enter right as the promo code, that's W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get 10% off your order. So folks, go to arcseedkits.com, get your build your own medical kit, and I promise you, you won't regret it. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards domestic news. First, let's talk about America's farmers and ranchers, and I should say your pocketbook as well, because if farmers and ranchers suffer, then generally you and I as consumers, we suffer too. Let's talk about why. Bloomberg News reported yesterday that the Mississippi and Ohio rivers are dropping to levels that will crimp the shipping lanes on those bodies of water, and that means extra shipping costs, especially for our farmers and ranchers. So to give you an example of this growing problem, in Cairo, Illinois, where the Ohio joins the Mississippi, water levels there have dropped more than six feet over the past month or so, and they're forecasted to fall even further by the end of July. And when that happens, it'll push the Ohio River into what is called its low stage. That is when barges can run aground and shipping lanes are forced to narrow. So that means that more goods then are going to have to be pushed over roads and rail, which tend to be more expensive. By the way, we're seeing the same drop in river levels just outside of St. Louis and in Memphis, too. And that is all, ladies and gentlemen, because things are very dry in the Midwest. In fact, about 64% of the watersheds that feed those rivers are in drought conditions. For what it's worth, last year when we had something similar happen, it cost us about $20 billion in economic losses. And I should say that is not just for farmers and ranchers. This watershed, which involves the Ohio, the Missouri, the Arkansas, and of course the Mississippi. Well, these bodies of water transport things like coal and oil, natural gas and chemicals of all kinds. So we're talking about a lot of impacts all over the economy. 
Now, I should note that the weather is a fickle thing. Not exactly breaking news there. We did have some good rains over the weekend in places like Indiana, about an inch and three quarters on Friday. Meanwhile, in, in um, Iowa and Illinois, they're hanging in there with some low but respectable subsoil uh, moisture. At least that's according to reports from Thomson uh, Reuters. The point, folks, is that this drought in the Midwest is very much real with very clear impacts on you and your pocketbook. All because our major rivers in the Midwest are dropping and those watery shipping lanes are getting squeezed. So let's see if it gets as bad as it did last year, which, just to refresh our memories, that actually contributed in part to our inflation crisis. I'll keep you posted. With that, let's wrap up the right report this morning with developing news out on Friday that the Biden administration canceled $39 billion in student debt uh, with some very important implication, folks, for the U.S. economy and our fight on inflation. But before we get to that, let me start by clarifying something. Two weeks ago, the Supreme Court shut down Joe Biden's student debt, shall we call it a forgiveness scheme, right? They said that he lacked the authority to jam that through without a congressional oversight and involvement. You can't do it with an executive order. But this latest effort that he did on Friday, that's legally different, right? This forgiveness plan is about something called income-driven repayment plans or IDRs. And here's how an IDR works. If you are a lower income borrower who has made payments over at least 20 years, you can have the balance forgiven, or to be more accurate, transferred to the U.S. government's balance sheet. Now, IDRs have been around since the 1990s, but most folks in Washington, D.C. this morning on a bipartisan basis agreed that these IDRs are an absolute disaster. And that is because the U.S. Department of Education and their contractors who are supposed to manage these IDRs well, they have utterly mismanaged them. So for instance, they have missed or miscalculated payments, or they have forgotten to let people know that they qualify for an IDR. So what Biden here is doing is using his presidential authorities to forgive that student loan debt for those folks who are either on an IDR or who qualified for IDRs, but were never told of such. And that is about 800,000 borrowers who have about 40 billion in remaining debt. Again, these are folks who have been making payments for about 20, 25 years, but they are still carrying a balance, although no longer, Biden just gave them a free pass. So that is the news that broke on Friday, IDR debt forgiveness. And I flag it for you for this next reason. Even with this forgiveness or debt transfer, there are still 37 million borrowers who have hundreds of billions of dollars in student debt. But for the past number of years, they haven't had to make a single payment, all because of the COVID pandemic. So the argument, as most of us recall, made in fact by both President Trump and Biden, was to give these folks a, a break, a reprieve, while the U.S. government frankly shut down the economy and navigated their COVID responses. Well, never mind that that was a total disaster. The point is that these borrowers haven't had to pay a dime, but soon will. As of October 1st, these 37 million borrowers who have not been making payments, they're going to have to do so for the first time in three years. That is according to the U.S. Department of Education and the Wall Street Journal. And that is going to run each borrower about 200 to 315 bucks a month, or 5% of what is likely to be their income. Okay, so how does that impact you, even if you don't have a student loan? Well, <clears throat> two things. First, let's talk about good news. What this means is that inflation should continue to go down, or to say that more accurately, 
rise less fast. And that's because there are fewer dollars out there chasing products and services as that those dollars are going towards debt. So lower demand should mean lower prices and lower inflation. Now, we are still, of course, just to be clear, we're still going to have inflation. It's going to rise just not as fast as that 5 to 9% that we've had over the past couple of, of well, years, really. The goal is to, to get it down to 2% annual inflation. That is set uh, by the Federal Reserve, that goal. So let's see if we can get there with this change. Right? So that's the good news. Let's talk about the bad news. As those 37 million people redirect their income for debt repayment, that means that our economy will obviously have less spending. Now, on one hand, that's good. As I just mentioned, it reduces inflation or allows inflation to rise less quickly. But on the other hand, it's unfortunately, it means that companies are going to have to produce less because there are fewer dollars out there trying to buy their goods and services. In turn, that generally means that they pull back on employment and salaries and hours available to work. So the question is, how much slower will the economy get once these borrowers stop spending their extra cash at, say, a local store or restaurant and instead pay down their debt? Right now, we don't know the ultimate answer to that, but it is worth watching. So I'm going to keep doing it. And we're going to hopefully see the related economic data at some point this fall. It'll give us a better sense if this student loan issue is going to affect all of us, including those of us who haven't had student loans in years. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, remembering that if you don't hear my voice on these next messages, I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. So last Wednesday, I briefed you on a special investigation that was led by the San Francisco Chronicle. That's, of course, the leading newspaper in San Francisco. They confirmed that most of the drug dealers throughout that city are from the country of Honduras. As they reported, they are illegal migrants, of course, selling illegal drugs. And frankly, all too often, they are killing Americans with their illegal trade. In fact, I shared with you that these Honduran drug pushers are actually making so much money, over $350,000 a year, that they've caused a, a mini real estate boom back home in Honduras, building mansions and fancy homes to include with walls and gates that, no kidding, have logos of the San Francisco 49ers or Golden State Warriors on their gated entrances, right? They're showing off and flouting where and how they got their money. Well, yesterday, the editorial board of the San Francisco Chronicle responded to what was their own reporting, and frankly, it's pretty shocking. And I want to tell you about what they said using a little bit of a thought experiment. I want you to imagine that you this morning are president, and I still work at the CIA, and I'm coming in to brief you on what the San Francisco media said, and more broadly about illegal migration and drugs. So here we go. The newspaper said over the weekend that they got a lot of pushback from locals in San Francisco about, frankly, the audacity of highlighting the role of Honduran illegals in the drug crisis. 
to paraphrase the pushback from these locals in San Francisco, they said that reporting this about the Honduran angle was xenophobic and racist. And that by suggesting that the solution to this problem might include deporting these illegals back to Honduras, well, that was just outrageous. And to that outrage, the editorial board of the Chronicle, they took it in and they said in response, you know, you're right. It is xenophobic and racist to deport these uh, illegals. In fact, the newspaper said the illegals who are doing the drugs and selling them, they're just trying to, quote, escape a life of poverty and violence at home, end quote. The editorial went on to say what San Francisco should do about it. In fact, what the state of California should do about this crisis. And they said that the solution is to, quote, create a robust substance abuse treatment system and social services, end quote. Okay, so to recap what the folks at the editorial board of the San Francisco Chronicle said, the drug dealing illegal migrants from Honduras, they are really the victims here. So let's not, you know, migrant shame them. Instead, let's build some treatment facilities so that their customers can use them. So here's what I think about that and what I would encourage you to think about if you were leading the nation. First, I would start by saying, let's try to find some common ground, be a little bit reasonable, right? The editorial board is right to say, I think, that we need substance abuse centers uh, throughout the country. Yes, that is absolutely reasonable. Mental health hospitals too, please. But second, it is not acceptable to say that these illegal drug dealers who are killing our uh, fellow citizens are actually the victims? That's absurd. Or that deporting them is racist? No, 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 no. My friends, you cannot wave off what these people, these killers have done and who they are, all because perhaps they were once poor or there's violence back home. Because let's be very clear on what these illegal migrants from Honduras have done. First, they've crossed the border illegally, right? That is violation of law and order number one. Second, they sold illegal drugs on the streets. Right? They have trashed our communities and they have made them in many ways unlivable. That is violation number two. Third, their drugs are killing people. Call it murder. Call it manslaughter. I don't care. They are murdering our people. In fact, according to the DEA and the CDC, upwards of 100,000 Americans died last year from overdoses, mostly from fentanyl sold by these dealers and their Mexican cartel buddies. And to that I say, ladies and gentlemen, and indeed what we must say as a country to that editorial board, enough is enough. Right? We all know and see what's going on. Go to any major uh, city in this country right now and you will find mile after mile of disaster. Right? We have drugged up humans that look like zombies, right? tents and, and wrecked RVs in our parks and sidewalks and streets, trash and needles and human waste is strewn about. This is not the time to have compassion for poor Hondurans who are feeding this very crisis with their drugs and buying mansions with the proceeds. Instead, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to take these drug pushers from Honduras, deport them all the way back home, and let their government deal with them. Meanwhile, if we're talking about solutions, here are a couple more. Right? Seal up the border by whatever means necessary. And while we are there, use your drone capabilities, fly them into Mexico and blow up the cartels and their drug labs. We know who they are. We know where they are. Next, you can issue something called a presidential finding 
that authorizes the U.S. military or intel community to sink the ships that are bringing over the fentanyl precursors, those chemicals. And while we're at it, eliminate the Chinese pharmaceutical companies and their owners, right? No more dialogue, no more negotiations with the Chinese. Enough is enough. It's time to reclaim the nation. And to be very clear, reclaiming includes building out more treatment facilities. Yeah, let's let's save the souls that we can. And for those that we can't, we need facilities like mental hospitals because some of these folks are too far gone. But the bottom line is enough is enough. Let's deal with the problem by any and all means necessary. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.